Welcome to the Random Tea Agent Carter podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Shania. And today we're talking about the first episode, season one, episode one. The now is not the end. Now is not the now end. Now is not the end. That's because it's the beginning. Right. Okay. Right. That's such a weird title. I know. Some places you, it's listed as pilot. Yeah. Because most, okay, I remember back in the day, they would shoot a pilot episode, mm-hmm. and then they would shoot episode one, and you almost never saw the pilot, because that was for the studios. Right, and then they would tweak it. And put money into it. Yeah. And then you'd get the first episode. Nowadays, the pilot is the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, so for all intents and purposes, this is the pilot, although they, they ordered the whole thing from what I re- they did. Remember. They all eight, eight episodes, episodes yeah. and it was supposed to be considered a mini series. It wasn't supposed to become a series. Well, I th- and I honestly think they said that just to cover their own butts. Like, oh if sure, it, if it didn't do well, they could oh, yeah. say, oh well, you know, it was just supposed to be. It was just just supposed a mini series. Series, so you know, like they're doing on uh, the Daredevil mm-hmm. and Jessica Jones, and yeah, on the Netflix, yeah, which are also Marvel. Yeah, they are. So, I was so looking forward to the series. Yeah, I was too. I enjoy it more than Agents of Shield. I do too, man. I love it so much more. I mean, we—it's Marvel's first lead, female lead. Yes, Marvel's first lead. That made sense. Yeah, <laughs> I knew. <laughs> well, it's the meant. only lead that matters. Yeah. Um, the I just think they did lead. such a great job with the story arc. It was so tight. It was so well written. It was so well directed. They were so careful with every with all the details. They yes, were so careful. And I had really high hopes coming into this because. I remember for months we would see Haley posting things on Twitter like, I'm sorry I hit my stunt person again. I'm sorry I can't. She's hilarious. She kept like hurting people on set. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. Yes. She's she's such a hoot. If you don't follow her on Twitter, you really should. She's she's precious. She's so much fun. The the dub smash wars. Oh, those are the best. San Diego Comic Con or during San Diego Comic Con. Mm -hmm, And then they continued them. And then they did the charity war. Mm hmm. That was, oh my gosh, if you look up, wait, after this podcast, yeah, go to YouTube and look up Dub Smash War. Yeah, and it's look, between Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, it's so funny. It's, I can't even, you must go look at it. They're so. amazing. Anyway, um, but we're here to talk about Agent Carter, episode one. So we, I had high hopes going into it, yes. and I was incredibly happy with it. I am so, and I was, we were both like, are they going to do another? Are they going to do another? Are they going to do another? Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. So season two is going to have 10 episodes. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. From the 10, so from the eight. Yeah, from the eight. I should just not even be talking, but this is a (laughs) podcast, so. (laughs) So um, sucks for that. I did a bunch of research. Well, I say a bunch. There wasn't a whole lot to do. Uh, I did some research on Haley. Okay. Haley, sorry. Peggy. Hey, Peggy, Haley. They're kind of the same person the at this same point. the same person. Uh, Margaret Carter. Yes. Originated uh, in the Earth 616 universe. Really? Of Marvel. Mm-hmm. I thought um, she was earlier than that. No. She, uh, let me go take a look. I think it was, in, mm, she's originally from, let's see, the first issue is, is um tales of suspense 1966 okay but she's from the earth 616 universe okay that's the universe she's classified in and and that's earth 616 is pretty much the universe that the mcu works operates out of um even though she was 
originally written as being born in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. I tried to figure out where our MCU Haley, Haley, uh, Peggy, Peggy is from. Britishness. I'm going to continue to call her Haley and it's bothering me. <laughs> Bless her heart. Peggy, is, she's from England somewhere. We don't know where. Yeah. And we don't really know how she got hooked up with um no with uh you know the the whole program project rebirth and everything with with steve well there's we're going to be doing the the first avenger captain Mm -hmm. america the first avenger podcast fairly soon so i'll probably dig a little deeper into that yeah once we get to that right um so she's absolutely uh, totally different she was blonde Mm -hmm. yeah uh you know she actually Let's see. Her first ep- her first episode her first issue was in 1966. Her last one in that universe was in 2011. Wow. So so she's been around for a while. Well, and what kills me is they have her listed as five foot five and 101 pounds. What? That's dangerous. My youngest daughter is five foot two and 90 and a toothpick. Yeah. I can't imagine putting another three inches on her and only 10 more pounds. Yeah. Uh-uh. Those t- male creation. I mean, there's, she's literally just toothpick. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, really? Yeah. Five, five and 101. That's so non-realistic. Yeah. I'm telling you these unrealistic body expectations. So anyway, and she, she was a badass. Yeah. Even in the comics. And yeah, even this Peggy. Uh, was very much she was uh, she was held captive several times. She was she's always looks like she's there's lots of pictures of her carrying around a gun. She was involved in the whole Red Skull thing. Cool. Um, so, but that's Earth six one six in the MC, uh, in the Marvel. There's also it's called Earth one nine 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 nine. That's not annoying at all. No, it's not. But that's the MCU. Okay universe that she's um more of her character is in than that now uh jarvis is our other <laughs> pseudo main character uh, they're co- co-stars yeah and uh if you really want to hear all my jabbering about uh mr jarvis because you do and i don't think I it's do. jabbering it's it's good stuff uh you need to go back and re- in, and listen to our podcast on the first Iron Man movie. Because mm-hmm. I talk a lot about Jarvis in that. So I'm going to try and not repeat myself a whole lot. Um, I think it's the second one in, in the um, uh, in the MCU movies feed of ours. Because mm-hmm. I think we did I think we did Age, Age oh, of Ultron Oh, that's right. We did first. Age of Ultron first. We do, we're, we're recording them chronologically except for the new ones when they come As out. As they come out. You know, we're casting them. Basically, we're trying to catch up. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so you're right. I think it is the second one in our feed. But it's the first MCU movie. Yes. When we talk about Jarvis and the and why they the Jarvis in the movie is uh, the AI mm-hmm. as opposed to his butler because they didn't. Batman already did that. Yeah, they didn't want to re-Alfred Alfred. Absolutely. But this is Jarvis's, this is who he's named after. Yeah. This guy right here, Edwin Jarvis, who <laughs> was, in fact, the Stark's um, butler. He's so great. And much like Alfred, he has several different storylines. So <laughs> he really was a person. He was, he originally was the butler. He was never an AI yeah. in canon. Okay. So they're bringing it back around. Yeah, that. they fixed it. That's great. <laughs> Which I thought was great. So that's, uh, those are our main characters. We can talk about the other characters. As they crop As we up. get to them. Um, 
This episode was directed by uh, Louis Desposito, and he is a big uh, Marvel executive producer. Um, he directed the Agent Carter one-shot. Okay. And I think he has a couple other directing credits, but he's primarily a producer. Okay. Um, so I think he did a great job. Well, he still wants things the way he wants them. Yeah. And it was written by uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. McFe- uh, I keep wanting to call it Freely. Uh, Stephen <laughs> McFeely, who are the creators, and they also did the screenplays for Thor Dark World and both cat movies so far. Oh, okay. One and two. So, I mean, these guys wrote Winter Soldier. Okay. I'm happy. So, yeah. This no is wonder wh- this was such a good episode. <laughs> exactly. This is why I'm a happy bunny, because they're putting good guys on, on this show. Because as you will all come to find out, Winter Soldier is my favorite movie, Marvel movie. So. I think it is mine, too, as well. The fir- So far? It's so far, it really is the best one. Yeah. And that's that's saying something if I like it over the first Avengers. I know. It was way up there. Yeah. But we can. Yeah. MCU feed. Um, you know where they can find that feed? Where can they find that feed? On our website. <gasps> RandomTeePodcast.com? RandomTeePodcast.com. Wow. And if they have any questions or input about the MCU movies, this particular episode that we're about to go over, we would love to hear your feedback. Mm-hmm. You can email us at RandomTeePodcasts at gmail.com. Or any future episodes. I mean, you know we're going to be doing the rest of the first season, so... Or any of our podcasts, because we're, you know, check out our MCU movies. I know I've said it like 50,000 times. We also, we're working on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also doing Gotham. Mm-hmm. And we're working on uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yep. And then we're just some random movies. Yes. Basically non-MCU movies. Anything that's not MCU that we feel like babbling about. So yeah. go and check those out. They're on our website. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. And if you like what you hear, we'd love for you to leave a review. That yeah, would be, leave us that'd a review. That'd be badass of you. Uh, but yeah, email us, talk to us, because we will read your feedback on the air, as yep. it were. And we would love to hear from you. Yes, definitely. And you can also get us on um, on Twitter at RandomTCasts and on Tumblr at RandomTPodcast.tumblr.com. And if you subscribe to either or and both the Twitter and Tumblrs, you will see exactly when all of our podcasts drop. So you can know that instant they're available for you to download and listen to. Yeah. Or you can stream them directly from the website. Whatever, yeah, whatever. floats your, floats your works. boat or whatever. Whatever shakes your boat, as John Watson would say. There you go. So, yeah. So, you ready to uh, get into the recap? I absolutely am. Um, we start, and I thought visually... I, I thought this was going to be jarring because we started out with footage from Captain America... Which I'll, I'm just really glad that they were allowed to use it because it really helped you integrate into Peggy's world. But you know, a lot of times when you see movie footage next to TV footage, oh yeah, the it, quality it feels drastically different. This did not. It really didn't. So I was really happy with that because at first I was like, "Ooh, is this going to be kind of weird?" But um, so we see the last bit where um, Steve is taking um, the uh, the ship. Uh, down he's talking to Peggy she's telling him you know he doesn't have to do it and he's saying I have to do it before it gets to New York and you see that whole thing it's very sad it's very sad and so um but I'm glad they were able to use the footage me too me too like you said it kind of ties you back in to go oh okay this is where we left Peggy yeah because you're starting a brand new show and we had no feel for it no context for it yeah all we knew was it was supposed to be 1946 Mm -hmm. but to do that it brought us into the world Mm mm-hmm and so we find out now that um, current time is we're in New York City, 1946. And um, so. What is she doing in New York? 
that's where well, the SSR is? What? I still have no backstories to how she got involved with the SSR to begin with. Yeah, I don't So either. why? What's wrong with Britain? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's that story? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, just saying. There's no Captain Great Britain? It's a plot hole. And that's because she, Union, then the Jack. Miss Union Jack. Miss Union Jack. Yeah. It's one of her aliases. It is. Um, so, <laughs> so we start out and um, Peggy's uh, making a cup of tea rather dramatically in her apartment. And it's a tiny little apartment. And I'm just so freaking happy to see Peggy at this point. Yes. Um, and so we see, uh, we get a real quick clip of an article talking about Howard Stark. Um, and how he's being investigated by the government. Is she listening to the radio? Yeah. The the talk, the not the talk show, the radio show. Uh, at this point, is she? I don't think she is. I, don't I think that crops up later. Okay. Um, but she uh, she does turn the radio on and it's music in a minute. Oh, okay. Um, it's that really cool song. Oh, yeah. And um, so she's, uh, she's getting ready for work. And this is when her roommate, Colleen, comes in, who apparently Colleen works nights, Peggy works days, and they share the bed. Because there's just one bed in the it's flat. It's a flat chair. And um, so she's she's very sick and Peggy puts her to bed and it's really nice. And I already immediately like Colleen. Well, and it's going to become a theme in the show. Um, single women was, it was a big deal in the, in the 1940s. And yeah. It's the end. Get to remember, this is the end of World War II. Yeah. And there were a lot of women who were out there having to make a living and fill a lot of the holes that the men being shipped off were left open and now and they were asked to that's the thing i mm-hmm. mean all the propaganda was like rosie the riveter and everything like that yes. it was get to work because our men are out there and so as these guys are getting discharged their women were getting kicked out of their jobs yep so it's yeah and in, in being an independent woman it was this is the cut that was talking the cutting edge yeah but to be a single woman still in that day and age was a big deal yeah and the older you got the worse people looked at you yeah so women sharing uh, an apartment like this was not unheard of not when, at all single women did not live alone no it was not safe yeah you had to be a widow yeah in yeah. order for it to be socially acceptable and that's a theme that you see throughout yeah uh, throughout the series throughout yeah. the series so and so i like i like colleen right away but she starts talking about um how Peggy needs to basically go on more dates and stuff like that. And, and so they, um, she says that they're going to go to the movies on Saturday cause she's off work. And, um, Peggy's like, well, if I can get away from work and she's like, Oh, well it can't, your, your job at the phone company can't be that important as we oh, see Peggy yes. packing a gun away. And she'd be like, Hi- be, she's you- hiding in, in the closet, yes. which I thought was hilarious. And this is another continuing thing of Peggy having to hide who, who, who she, she is. really is from, normal people. from the normals from yeah. civilians yes from well civilians. technically they are civilians yeah, so yeah are. she's not so um she is a war veteran she is she we is. tend to forget that she was in a military uniform she absolutely Cap- was Captain America, so she is a war veteran so. yeah um so and we do see and speaking of we do mm-hmm. see she uh she exhibits the personality of a war veteran she absolutely does um which is really interesting part. The fact that that's integrated into her character. Mm-hmm. I find that interesting. So, sorry. And I thought this was really good because um, we see her go to work. We see her walk to work. Um, and she is going one way and all the men in their dark suits, their brown suits, 
are going the other and she's dressed in um blue with that red hat the iconic she just pops peggy carter but so not only visually is she very different but also she's she's walking the opposite way oh absolutely yes visually this whole episode is just awesome sauce (laughs) and so we see her go to the telephone company and she walks past um, this row of operators, and the one at the end, Rose, who I have decided, if you watch uh, Criminal Minds, she is Penelope Garcia's, like, either grandmother or great-grandmother. I'd, I'd say grandmother. So, um, because she's fabulous. Because my my mother was born in 45, mm-hmm. so she could be... Yeah. It would work. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I absolutely... Because I thought... We thought at first when we first saw her... That it was her. That it was actually the actress. Yeah. But it's not. But she definitely is. I, want, I wanted more Rose, personally. I did, too. In the series. But, you know. So, um, we find out that the telephone company thing is just a front because they open a secret door. And it's, it's the headquarters for the SSR. The Strategic Scientific Reserve, which, as we know, is the precursor to S.H.I.E.L.D. To S.H.I.E.L.D. So... Um, Peggy goes in and um, this alarm goes off and her director, um, Director Dooley, he, um, uh, everybody's rushing into the conference room and he tells Peggy to watch the phones so, so they can go into the briefing room and deal with the alert. And so she's like, oh, okay, no problem. So she picks up the phone, calls, calls Rose, tells her to redirect all the calls to the briefing room. And then she's like, uh, let's go. It's all done. She has to fight her way into Every Everything. conversation. Every conversation. Everything. Uh, now, Chief Roger Dooley, mm-hmm. who's played by Shea Wingham, he's so good. He's been <clears> in <throat> all kinds of stuff, too. He really has. But uh, Chief Roger Dooley, in and of himself, actually is a canon character. I did not know that. He is. He was in one issue. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he lived and died in that issue. And he was actually a uh, level four special officer for S.H.I.E.L.D., Okay, okay. And he was not a very nice guy. Uh, Nick Fury was on away on, this, this is one issue. So Nick Fury was away on vacation. Agent Dooley convinced the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. directors to allow him to evaluate She-Hulk. And boy, that just went out of control. That didn't go well. Di- did not turn out well, and he ended <laughs> up dead by the end of the issue. That's okay. how badly it turned out. All right, well. He lived and died. But he was a canon character, and that's in Earth 616. Okay, so that's pretty cool. As a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Pulling him so in. So, he, you know, he, oh, he wanted to strip search. She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Why are you so dumb? And then tried to hold her boyfriend for, mm. to get her to comply, and yeah. That's so, dumb. you see, that's the character they started with. Yeah. Before this um, guy. My only, I guess if you could call it a hiccup with this is we saw um we saw SS the SSR or shield i think it was actually shield in the in the one shot okay um and peggy's boss was bradley whitford who for a while there cuz he's one of my um he's one of my west wing sorkin babies oh okay and so i was kind of excited cuz i thought maybe he'd be in the show um but they've chosen to go this way because in the one shot she goes on this whole mission and it ends up she's running shield at the end of it because of Howard. Howard knows her actual involvement. So I don't know if this is kind of sweeping a, uh the one shot under the rug and starting fresh or what. So I'm not, I'm not really 100% sure. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how they're going to do that. Yeah, I'm looking at Shay Wiggum's um filmography. Yeah. 
He's been in a bunch of just random stuff. Yeah, he's one of those just solid working actors. Yeah, he's been in a few episodes of ER. Yeah. He was in a episode of Lie to Me, a episode of Numbers. Yeah. Uh, he was in Silver Linings Playbo- Playbook, American Hustle. Yeah, he was in American Hustle. Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. He was in a couple episodes of True Detective, the first series. Uh, 56 episodes of Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, he was um, he was uh, uh, Steve Buscemi's brother. He was Eli. That. Yeah. Yeah. He and was very good. Agent Carter, he was in an episode of Justified. And coming up, he's in stuff that means nothing. Kong Skull Island. <gasps> Shut up. You know who else is in Kong Skull Island? No. Tom Hiddleston. Of course he is. It's filming. It is. I know. Right now. In Hawaii. So, But uh, just so I don't get ahead of you later um daniel Sousa and jack thompson are not from canon okay okay i have my theories about that okay um so we go to we go to the briefing room and um Dooley shows them a newsreel which i thought if you're getting your briefing from a newsreel it's probably not super secret but anyway um well but it's the 40s that's true how so else are you supposed to yeah but I thought it was kind of a creative way to show video of it without and see Howard. there being video of it. Yeah, and showing us Dominic Cooper. To remind us, okay, that's Howard Stark. Yes, we all know yeah. who yeah, that and they and the fact that they got Dominic The fact they got Dominic for this was a big deal. Well, yeah, because he Dominic Cooper's like Yeah, he's pretty movie. hot. Yeah. He's a big old movie star. Yeah. But Marvel is so good about their continuity. Well yeah. they were. They're yeah. not as good as they used to be. Yeah. Uh, about their continuity but they make they get actors yep. they're contracted for life yep pretty much and so we Ask find Sebastian. out <laughs> yeah seriously not like nine movies so we find out that howard has been on um has been on capitol hill testifying about um his uh his weapons and who or who he has not sold them to and so um, he, we see uh, it, it's really funny because it's... Or whether or not he's even sold them. Because it's really funny because it's it's so reminiscent of Iron Man 2 when Tony goes before Congress. And because it's the same, like, I'm going to be... I'm, it's almost like a performance. It's the same dismissive... Yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't thing. even think I need to be here, so this is ridiculous kind of a thing. And so um, uh, Dooley tells them that six of Stark's weapons have shown up in enemy hands. And so um, they had one more uh, one more day of hearings um, the day before, and Stark didn't show. So they think he's guilty, and so that's what the SSR no is now going to work on. Because no one would think that he's been kidnapped or anything, right? And so um, he puts Agent Jack Thompson, Chad Michael Murray, Agent Chad Michael Murray, um, <laughs> who I've only know from like a couple of like. Um, I think he was in like Freaky Friday and one of the Cinderella movies with like Hillary Duff or something. So Ugh. he's been, he's like teeny bopper. Oh, um, welcome to adult shows. Yeah. And so uh, Jack Thompson is put in charge of the investigation and Peggy's like, listen, I knew, I knew Howard in the war. Um, this I lo- isn't him. I love how she's like, he's a lot of things, but he's not a traitor. No. And so they're like, yeah, I bet you knew a lot of people when you were Captain America's um, liaison. liaison. Oh, I puked a little. I did. So we immediately see Peggy's role is not respected. It's not even that, oh, my God, Peggy worked with 
Captain America, it's like, yeah, she's a woman. She worked with Captain America. Yeah, and anything that she did with the Howling Commandos yep. and all of that, the rest of that was, you know, she just made them coffee. Yeah. That's, and it, the way they're treating her, it felt, oh, it made my stomach churn. Oh, it, uh, and it, not, it hurt so bad because I was like, this is what she has to deal with on a daily basis. But and in the 40s, that's what it was like. That's why I think this show is really important because. I agree. It shows that we have not necessarily come as far as we think we have. No. Well, we really haven't. Yeah. But we'll put away the soapboxes. Yeah. So, but it's it's nice to see. And so, these guys well, haven't seen her in action. They no, haven't seen her in the field. Not. Clearly. Give them time. Clearly. So, yeah. Um, so, he, uh, Dooley tells, um tells peggy that like basically like shut up we're professionals we're gonna handle it mm-hmm. and you should just back off and so the meeting is dispersing and um and agent krasminski um who I is gonna be him. your big meathead he uh he makes the remark he makes the remark about um peggy working with cap and um daniel Sousa, um who's another agent he kind of stands up for her and he wants to get Krasminski to apologize, and he won't. But, um, you know, Krasminski leaves the room, and Peggy s- tells uh, Sousa, she's like, I really wish you wouldn't have done that. Because he, he kind of expects to be thanked. And she's like, I don't need you to stand up for me. No, she and she doesn't. And I think that's a really important part of Peggy's character. Like, she knows this is shitty. She is fully cognizant of the fact that these guys are assholes, but she's going to take care of herself. She does not need to be rescued. No, she's, she is not a damsel in distress. Not at all. And when they were doing the press for this, they talked about Agent Carter is not a damsel in distress. No. And, does not, and she doesn't want to be treated like one. Yeah. And so I think it's important because, yes, she was in a Captain America movie, so obviously Steve Rogers took center stage. Sure. But his purpose was not to save her. No. And she still does not need saving now that he's gone. No. So, I think that's great. She's still standing on her own two feet. And I think a lot of people should... I wish more people would notice that. I do too. And I wish more pe- more women would do that. But And so this is when Thompson comes in and he's like, oh, hey, uh, Carter. Oh, and I think he calls her Margaret. I think he, Does he? He calls her Margaret several times throughout the series. I didn't really notice. Um, and he's like, hey, can you do this filing for me? You're so much better at it than I am. And she's like, what, the alphabet? Burn. And she, but she takes it, but it, she's still conscious. It's, it's like a, it's, it's a constant battle for her. She, she never lets them qu- quite get away with their no, shit but if she doesn't go along to get along then she's going to be completely kicked out right so it's, it's a, a fine, fine line. line yeah yeah and so but i thought that was great what the alphabet you're not you're not good with the alphabet but she still takes it from yeah. him is that why i'm better at filing because you're stupid yeah pretty much so um so we go to um the automat which is going to become a big uh it's going to be a regular set um and peggy is there to eat which um for any of you who um, are not, I, uh, this is such a quintessential American thing to me. I know it's not, I mean, I know they were everywhere, but this was such a time-locked thing. They don't really have them anymore. No. They tried to revive them, and it didn't work. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, this one actually does have a counter where you can get actual. It's kind of a mix between, it's like a. It's like an automat slash diner. Oh, what do you call it? The. Like the cars that are part gas, part electric. Full service part. Oh, no. There's a there's a word for 
It's not called a mutant. It's called hybrid. A hybrid. Thank you. <laughs> wow, it's not a mutant. It's not a mutant. <laughs> no, this we, is Marvel. This is MCU. We're not allowed to say not mutant. Allowed. Oh, I'm sorry. They're gonna call. And, they're gonna fire me now. They are. Oh wait, they don't pay me. Uh, hybrid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very much a hybrid of a yeah. diner because they've got. Because um, that's where we meet Angie. Right. She's a waitress there, but they do still have the the wall with the little doors. Yeah. Which I was like, that's so cute, but I could never eat anything out of that. But it's so. 40s so 40s everything in that room is 40s so I really like it I I really like when I was like that's kind of cool so yeah um so yeah we meet we meet Angie yes and so they clearly know each other because she calls her English and so you know we see going there a lot yeah she goes in there a lot um and Peggy tells her that she's like um it just feels different after the war ended. She's she's frustrated with her job, and and An- Angie tells her about this audition, you know, the job at the phone company, the job at the phone company, and uh, Angie tells her about this audition that went badly for her, and she basically Angie just tells her, um, you know, do your do your time, and you'll you'll get where you need to go. You got to pay your dues. And so we know that's already what Peggy's doing. She's she's, she's not there. Paid her dues though. Well, yeah, but that's the whole thing. This it's this is such a good dichotomy because this shows once again the role of women in the war is different than the role of women yes. after the after the war. What was it when Colleen uh, when Colleen came home? She said was it she said she had to teach another had to teach a man how to how use to use a, a rivet gun. Yeah, and like. These women scrapped and they got their shit together and they did all these all these jobs that they were never trained to do and took care of the home and did victory gardens and and all this stuff. And now it's like, that's great, honey. Go go back. Go sit back down. We're back. Go back to the kitchen. Yeah. So um, so I think that's that's really good because it shows it shows not just for Peggy, but for a lot of women, how different it is. Yes. You could have had a certain role during the war, but now it's like, yeah, whatever. And then they just take it right back away from you because yeah. men are more important. Yeah, exactly. Or some garbage. Um, and so uh, we hear um, this really horrible customer complaining to Angie. And I love Angie so much because uh, Peggy's like, is he a regular? And she's like, yeah, a regular what? I can't say when I'm on the <laughs> on, clock. On and the clock. right immediately I'm like, I love Angie. Angie's love fabulous. love Angie so much. She's great. I want three. I know, right? And so um, Angie, fi- or Angie, um, Peggy finds this note. Well, she gets up and she goes and gets a piece of pie. Yes, from the auto, from the automated part. And what I was going to say, I think in a, some of the, you were supposed to put coins in yes. and then take the pie out. But she just walks up, opens the door and takes out the pie. I think when it's not fully automated, then they can give you a bill like they right, normally would. Right, because there's, there's yeah. the, the waitresses and the diner yeah. part. So I, I want to bring automats back, man. That's cool. I'm all for it. So, uh, it's called so a vending she, machine. Yeah, well, that's true. So she gets this note saying to come out into the alley. And, of course, in pure Peggy fashion, she's like, sure, let's go. Well, she folds up the napkin and takes it with her. Mm-hmm. Not I guess not to leave behind. a trail. Yeah. yeah. And so this uh, this man is there in the shadows. And he's like, um, she's like, do I know you? And he's an Englishman. And um, he's like, no, but you're coming with me. And, of course, right away, Peggy goes into well, Peggy the sh- mode. The scene is shot so dramatically because he's got the hat down <laughs> over his face, which, as lighting. you know, is a parallel to Peggy's hat. Oh, yeah. The yeah. red hat. Now, now here's, Jar- uh, well, we know it's Jarvis. Yeah. And, he's got his, and he lifts his head up Casablanca style. Yes. 
but you're coming with me. And she gets all, like, she's in defense stance. Mm -hmm. She goes, tries to go back to the door. Yeah. And this car starts up, and um, she ends up punching uh, Jarvis, and she tries to get back into the automat, but it doesn't work. Door's locked. And so um, she (laughs) shoots out the tire on the car that's coming toward her, and it, it skids to a halt just in front of her. And then Howard Stark gets out. Oh, Howard. He's like, did you miss me? And so it turns out that um, that obviously this guy is Jarvis. Because they're driving. Her. Yeah, they're driving down the road now. And boy, they changed that tire real fast. Jarvis is a whiz. He is. Actually, Peggy probably did it. That's true. Let's, she probably let's, did. Let's be real here. In those heels. Um, and those Mary Jane. Well, I love no, her shoes. Howard is a... Howard is a He's a genius. genius, so it probably was auto inflate or some garbage. Probably not flying though. I would like to once again, Howard. We still don't have a flying. Well, car. he tried. Well, you know, they he tried it. He did at that fair. Didn't work. Or I guess I don't know what that thing it was. was. Like forty. Was it like a world fair? Like, yeah, something. It was kind of like the world's fair. And he's he's working on it. Yeah. Um. So Jarvis is now driving them, and so Stark is filling Peggy in on what's going on, and he says, "Listen." And this whole thing I've been set up. I had this secret vault um, that I put the really bad things, his bad babies. Bad babies. His bad babies. And it's the stuff that nobody can have. He doesn't <laughs> bad trust. Bad baby. He doesn't trust anybody with. No. Um, and she's and, like, well, why did you build them? He's like, well, I can't control what I think of. I'm, I'm Howard Stark. It's what I do. Yeah. And so, so, but somebody broke into the super secret vault and stole a bunch of crap while he was out of town. And so now he's starting to see stuff crop up on the black market, which is what he's being investigated for. Right. And so um, he knows that nobody's going to believe him. The SSR is already investigating him. And so he wants Peggy to be a double agent, basically, and to clear his name. She's like, so you want me to become a traitor? To prove you're not a traitor. To prove you're not a traitor. He's like, yeah. And but he makes a good point. He's like, "Listen, they're not using you properly, are they?" And she's like, mm, no. "No." So he's like, "This is a chance for you to prove yourself to them as well." So I thought that was a little bit of a low blow. It was, but it shows you that the people who know Peggy know what she's capable of. What she, I was going to say, what she's good for, but that, yeah. I was like, "That's not the phrase I want." What she's capable of, yeah. and what she can do, yeah. And so she's going to become like a secret special double spy. Super secret spy. And I'm like, I'm all for this. Mm. Um, and so uh, Jarvis takes him to the docks and um, Tony, or Tony, Jesus. Okay. I do have to tell people about the jar they have on the Agent Carter writer's room. Oh, if yes. If I was in the Agent Carter's writer, Carter writer's room, I would have had to put money in the jar. They have a jar that every time you refer to Howard as Tony... You put money in the jar, and that's how they pay for lunches and stuff. <laughs> Apparently, that happens a lot. Apparently, yes. So, uh, so Howard um, gets he gets in this motorboat, um, and so he's about to go off to God knows where. And he tells um, Peggy that um, he's going to go work from overseas while she works at home. But he does know that a formula for nitramine, molecular nitramine, is being sold. In the next couple of days. He's gotten word. And so he wants her to work on that. And he gives her. He lends her Jarvis. <laughs> the use of one Edwin Jarvis. And um, so he's like. Jarvis will help you out. I'm going to go over here. 
and not be in the episode anymore. And not be around. <laughs> so, I mean, we got Dominic Cooper for a like this. We don't see him again. For, he's in about half the episodes. I think I and counted. when he is, but when he is in them, he's in them for like five minutes, and that's it. Yeah, because that's all they can afford. Yeah. <laughs> But it's okay. Well, now, Edwin Jarvis is played by... James Darcy. James Darcy. <gasps> I love him. I didn't know I loved him as much as I loved him, because he played Sherlock. Yeah. He was also once. in Secret Diary of a Call Girl with uh, Billy Piper. Oh, dear. And he was a bad guy. Ooh. But he's precious in this. He is so precious. And he's 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 usually... He must be, he must be protected at all costs. He, he, he does, literally... Um, but he's, from himself. James is usually um, Haley's partner in crime in the Dub Smash Wars. Yes. He has done so many embarrassing things for her Dub Smash Wars. He, bless his heart. He's such a... He's such a trooper. He is a trooper. <laughs> he's he's wonderful. Well, Jarvis is a, a huge trooper. It, it makes me wonder how much of... Uh, how much of it is Jarvis and how much of it is James? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. But I think. But then again, Peggy and Haley are. That's true. There's the same person. line. <laughs> so um so, uh, Howard drives off in his boat, and um, Jarvis gives Peggy a card with his number and everything and how to reach him, and um, he as long sa- as it's before, before nine. nine, and then she's like, what happens at nine? And he's like, the wife and I go to bed. Seven o'clock, Sherry. Eight o'clock, Benny Goodman. Nine o'clock, bed. And she's like, anyway. <laughs> so we, it's so funny because this is such a great role reversal. It really is. Because Jarvis is the, okay, I'm, I'm going to be domestic. And happily so. And loves it. In a little while, we see him about to put a souffle in the oven. Yes. And that scene right there, I was like, I love him. Yeah. I want one of him. As too. his wife comes home, but we'll yeah. get to that scene. So um so then Peggy tells him that she's about to go to work. So I'm like, All right, yeah. And so um so we go to the SSR the next day and um Peggy goes to Seuss's desk and she sees that he's looking um at the Stark file. And so basically she has not been invited to work on this case yet. No, she has not. So she's just kind of snooping and picking stuff up and so she sees um uh, him looking at pictures of Howard in a boat, which we damn well know that's how Howard is trying to get out of New York. Because we just saw him. And so Peggy's like, oh my gosh, he must really like that girl. And he's like, what do you mean? Well, he hates boats. He, he- tried to kiss me on VE Day and I knocked him in the River Thames and he can't even swim. <laughs> I loved it. So she's using this casual knowledge of Howard in such a way well, to it- try to shape the case well not even so much her knowledge of howard but she's using her connection yeah to the starks and to that group of people they have to believe her mm-hmm. they can't not yeah and so, so um Susa does give her a good little bit of information he tells her that they have a lead on um a fence who is trying to sell off um one of stark's files spider raymond and so we find out that um that Thompson is getting ready to uh, to go to Spider's Club. So they're talking about it in the conference room, and she hasn't been allowed in. So what does she do? She brings him coffee. Because, you know, that's what dames are good for. And that's they don't really pay any attention to her. No, they let a lot of good information slip while she's in the room. Yes, And they do. she does linger, and Dooley's like, why are you still here? And, she, and, and uh, Thompson's like, oh, she might learn a thing or two. Um, but she does find out that Spider Raymond likes blondes. 
ding, 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 ding. And so um, Peggy's like, um, so Dooley's like, what are you really here for? And she's like, um, I'd like to ask for a sick day. And he's like, what? Do you have a headache? And she's like, yes, and other lady things. And he's like, oh, don't. Oh, it's just whatever. <laughs> and I cannot tell you. He's like, go shopping. Whatever makes you feel better. That shit works. It, it does. Any, any it woman that does. has had a male teacher. Yeah. 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 It still works. They're today. like mysterious lady things. It's oh, yeah. Like, I don't know what goes on, but get All I have to <laughs> do go is away. go into my boss's office and go, well, you know, I have a headache. All right. See you later. Yep. Just uh, let's not talk about well, that anymore. I'm not going to discuss because he really can't discuss it. Uh, yeah. You know, HR is run by a woman. So. But I think it's great, though, that she's using. Uh, she's using it to her advantage. She's using all these societal shitty things about being a woman against these idiot misogynists. Yes. So and it's they'll great. never see it coming. So uh, we go to... Because they'll never remember that she was in there. Exactly. Because she just brought him coffee. Yeah. Um. So we go to the Spiders Club that night. And he is meeting with this guy, Leet Brannis, who is played by... James Fran. I love James Fran so much because he was in... um He was in Sleepy Hollow... He's uh has quite a big arc in Gotham right now. Um and yep. so he's been in all kinds of stuff and I really like him. So I was really happy to see him crop up on Agent Carter. Yes and uh yeah cuz he's in season 2 of Gotham. Mhm. Rather we, prominently. That we podcast. Yeah, that so we podcast. So you should listen to it. And Sleepy Hollow, he was in season 1 that we also podcast. Who was he in season 1? He was one of the Masons. He was the big. Oh, Mason. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so we find out that he is this guy, Leet Brannis. And um, Brannis is not um, so much of a talker. Uh, Leet Brannis is canon. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, hold on. Let me go pull him up really quick. He was criminal during the 1940s. Okay. Uh, but mostly robberies, jewelry stores. <clears throat> um, like he ran a pawn shop, was a crime boss, a jewel thief. He wasn't near what he is in this. Okay. Um, and he lasted maybe an issue or two. Okay, but he's still no, canon. One, That's kind of cool. issue. That was cool. one issue in 1942 of the All All Winners. I don't even know what series that is. I've never heard of it. Um, but yeah, he was just a pawn shop crime scuzzball. Okay. That's all he was. Well, this scuzzball is, um, he won't actually answer any spider's questions. He keeps trying to get him to talk about what else he took from. And I, I did find this interesting. Spider knows this came from Stark. Yes. He mentions Stark's vault. Um, and so Leet just stays quiet. And um, so Spider pays him and um, Brannis leaves. Um, and so we then we go through the club and we see Peggy, who is in a banging dress with a blonde wig because we know and Spider likes blondes. She looks nice. She looks very nice. It's a very nice wig, too. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so her, so now we know that her disguise function. Yeah. I have words. Her, her disguise ability. Abilities function. Function. <laughs> oh my God. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I cannot think of the right word for anything today. But yeah. Um, so we see her blending in, in the environment. Um, she's completely unassuming as we see later. And she goes through the crowd and uh, there's a photographer and right as it flashes, she turns her head away from the camera. And I'm like, uh-huh. She so knows smart. what she's doing. She's so smart. And so um, 
this guy tries to get her to dance, and she's like, no, and we see that she's using an American accent. She doesn't want to step on his toes. That's right. And so um, she sees more guys going upstairs to Spider's office. And so she goes to the guy watching the door, and she's like, um, she's like, I just, I want to sell something. Well, and she touches her necklace. Like, yeah. she's wearing, like, a, a like really pretty diamond necklace Because Spider's thing. a fence. Yes. So she's like, um, you know, I'm looking to sell something. And she's, you know, she's, she's a typical what they expect from a woman. Right. You know, and so he lets her up, because we all know Spider likes blondes. And um, so she goes into his office. He... <laughs> He reminds me of Ricky Ricardo. He does a little bit. I will not apologize. He's been in a ton of stuff too. Yeah, he's a guy that's in stuff. And so um, I don't have his name though. And so uh, Peggy goes to talk to Spider, and she's like, um, she starts talking about the formula, and immediately he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, and she's like, No, no, no. This is we can we can don't talk. We can this can be a game. And um, how can he resist this? And so she's just like, I know you have this formula. And she, you know, kind of talks through him until she, she gets... She sits on his lap. She sits on his lap, man. It's great. And so she um, she gets uh, to kiss him. And he passes out because of that. Because apparently her lipstick is drugged. Well, we saw her. She gets up... She, she gets applies. Up, yeah, well, she gets up the stairs mm-hmm. past the guard. Past, well, past the goon. The goon. And you see her put on... It's called... The two is called Sweet Dreams. Mm-hmm. And when she goes upstairs, and she already had lipstick on, so, because I was thinking, I was thinking the scene through. Okay. As you do. Imagine if you will. She puts on lipstick, and when she kisses the other guy, he passes, how is she not passing out wearing the lipstick? Unless what she already had on. Is kind of like a barrier. Is like a barrier. Yeah. Because you can get some of that lipstick that, you know, stains and crap, yeah. and you can't get off with five washings. Yeah. I own some of that. It's bad. Yeah. It's Seriously. Don't get that. Um, ugh, it's not worth it. It never comes off. <laughs> um, so that's what I'm just wondering if what she already had on yeah. was a good It's kind of like seal. the, um, I know you're not a Doctor Who fan, but. Um, uh, I'm not shit. not a Doctor Who fan. I can't River. You. River. Jeez. Took me five minutes to think of River Pond. No. No. Not River Phoenix. <laughs> River Song. River Song. Damn it. There you go. River has hallucinogenic lipstick that she uses. And she's also used poison lipstick before Melody and it Pond. never it, Yes, it's Melody Pond. Melody Pond, Pond and, and River she Song. And she never she never has any problems either. So I don't know, maybe same precursor to that. Yeah, but she's a trained assassin. That's true. So, yeah. And I know that. I know you know that. Because you, you know we watch Doctor Who. She's my favorite. I know she is. She's fabulous. And I don't even watch the show, but she's my favorite. So, yeah. So, she, she gets um, she gets Spider to... to this, it's the one thing about the show that I don't quite... I that doesn't couldn't quite... suspend my belief enough. Okay. I can see that. It. I can see that. I had a little problem with it. Um, and a guard comes in um, while she's... Uh, while he's struggling... Because uh, he realizes what she's doing. But think, the guard just sees Spider making out with some blonde. And he's like, oh, come back later. I was going to say, I think I heard my neighbor struggling earlier today. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as soon as he's out, she's able to break into his safe um, with using the wait, coolest wait, watch wait. ever. No, wait. What was it? She, she said, that was a little premature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I love Peggy so much. Her lines, man. She's such sass. And so she finds this big orangey yellow glowing uh it's an orange glowing globe 
It's a glowing orange. Yeah. And so um, this is when she calls she calls Mr. Jarvis. And she's like, hey, so they've actually made the nitramine. And he's like, that's not good. And apparently he has notes on all the bad babies. Well, and he's, he's wearing an apron. It is. It's great. And... and- this is where he's making the souffle. This is where he's like, listen, um, this is not a good time. I've promised my wife a souffle. And she's like, anyway, explosive. And he's like, fine, I'll get the notes. So <laughs> so apparently Howard left notes on all the bad babies. And um, he tells Peggy Handwritten. That, handwritten. So he tells Peggy that... Um, that if it's uh, if the shell is cracked open, it's going to be real bad. It's going to be a big old boom. Big boom. So he tells her that sodium, hydrogen, carbonate, and acetate can render it um, innate or inert. And so he's like, I don't know how you're going to get your hands on that. And she's like, I'll take care of it. And so, but it also turns out that the um, the the ring can't touch the core or something. It's basically like, don't let. Don't let the it's, innards it's a, touch the outsiders. It's a game of operation. It is, basically. It's yes. fancy, fancy nitramine operation. And um, so we hear... Um, Weapon uh, of mass destruction yeah. level. We hear uh, Jarvis's wife, Anna, call him from, from off, off camera. And he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> Just a minute. And so, um, so this is when we see Thompson and his two agents that he made such a big deal about making sure they looked... Smart enough to come to the club. Oh, they made a huge deal about spit, spit, shine shoes, handkerchiefs, the whole shebang, and um, immediately they're they're picked up by the bouncer, and they know that they're cops. Immediately, these guys know what cops you look could like. Smell them, and so um, they send somebody up to warn Spider that you know there's cops that want to look at the club, and this is when um. We get uh, another goon come in, and he notices that Spider is completely uh, unconscious. And Peggy proceeds to beat his ass with a stapler. A lot. A lot. That's so hilarious. this this starts. Peggy will use any and everything anything. as a weapon. Yes, and it's anything. It's like a meme on Tumblr. Oh, it is. Well, it was for the longest when this yeah first aired. when this first started. She will anything. She because she could pick up Mew Mew. Yeah. She she could. She is worthy. She could pick up Mew Mew. I bet you I bet you money she could. Yes, I know I'm mispronouncing it. Mew Mew. Mew Mew. And so meow. um she stashes the body in a closet when she does away with him rather quickly. And so she goes downstairs and she sees um she sees that the SSR agents are there. The boys. She sees the boys. And so she tries to um she she realizes she's gonna have to go past them to get to get out safely, uh-uh. and so she takes the guy that tried to dance with her earlier, and she um she wants to dance now. I'm telling you, her womanly wiles are just they know no bounds. Yep. yep. And so she manages so to uh she because <laughs> a man could not have gotten away with that. No, no. And so uh, we see Spider wake up. So apparently it's 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 not that long lasting. Um. And so Spider wakes up. He sees that he's been burgled. And he's like, oh, <laughs> shit. And so this is when we also see another guy in the club. Um, this guy in, in a green suit. He's got blonde hair. Um, he comes up to Spider's office. And he's got a gun. And Spider starts trying to beg with him. Like, no, no, no. I can get it back. He knows what he's there for. He's yes. like, I can get it back. Well, he just ends up getting shot. Yeah, for his trouble. So Spider dead. And so, so now dead. we've got a third party involved. So he's not important. Yeah. 
So the guy in the he's is this this is the guy in the green suit. Yes, do this they is the guy in the green suit ever tell us what his name is? Yes, I think so. In a in a couple episodes, I think so. Okay, yeah, we can call him Blondie if you want. Sure. And so uh, this is where uh, Peggy is dancing with her new friend um, to get past Thompson, and because Thompson's going straight to the office and he's not paying attention to anything around him. And so she she makes it out through the kitchen, and this is when Thompson see they find Spider dead. That would that was that's the obligatory kitchen scene. Yeah, there you go. In every action sequence, there must be an just like there must be a car chase. Yep, there must be obligatory kitchen scene. There you go. Somebody oh has gosh. to leave through a kitchen I, or have a chase through a kitchen, especially in Gotham. Even. Oh, Gotham! They've done it so many times. So many it's times. Ridiculous. So many times. And so. Um, we see the guy in the green suit, Blondie. He watches Peggy go leave the club. Yes. And so he knows she's involved. Yeah, he's, he's very wistful. Yeah. Not really, because mm. he doesn't talk. Yeah. He also stays silent. See the strong, silent type? Mm-hmm. There's a couple strong, silent types in this. Um, and so Peggy gets back home, and Colleen is there, because she's sick. <gasps> and so Peggy, like, throws the wig off, like, I wasn't wearing a wig. And um, well, she didn't. Even, I don't think she even realized she was home. Yeah. And then she like rips that wig off, and I'm like, there is no way she had that wig on that well. Yeah. And then just ripped it off without pins flying. Without pi- that's a good catching, point. Catching it in her hair yeah. and screaming because she's ripping half her hair out. And, yeah. And her hair underneath is all nice and loose. Yeah. It would have been pinned up mm-hmm. to hold, you know, to keep it from peeking. See. Yeah. Hollywood man. Men, men don't understand. No. So um. Colleen's all excited because she's clearly been out because were Pe- you out out so Peggy's a little bit of a shut-in it's fine it's fine Intra- um, there's nothing wrong with Peggy I feel you Peggy I know right and so um why do you think we're here yeah, doing this seriously <laughs> and so um she Colleen is gonna give up the bed because this should be Peggy's time but she's like no 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 um and so Colleen is there sick and Peggy goes into the um into the bathroom she grabs some things because she's going to defuse her a bomb. Yeah, she grabs some, I don't know what they were. I think it's like baking soda and um, nail polish remover. Which would have acetone in it. Mm-hmm. So baking soda and acetone, yeah, I can see that using, doing, I don't, Sodium I know nothing, and, I'm just yeah. kind of winging it here. But she also grabs like a bottle of some kind of brownish alcohol. And I thought this was great because this showed, all, all Jarvis had to do was name the chemicals to her. And she's like, she knew exactly what it. she had at. The, she's like, no, no, I'll take care of it. Got it. And she knew exactly what Peggy she had. Peggy is super smart. Mm-hmm. Peggy is not just a mindless tank. No. Just so, I mean, we see she knows how to fire a gun. She knows how to hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. She's a tactician. She She's like an ultra spy. Yeah. And she has chemical knowledge, too. Yep. The woman has a very, very high intellect for normal human, anybody. Yeah. Not just for a woman. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But for anybody, She's ever, anywhere, like, yeah. I wouldn't know all that. Oh, I know. Well, you know what I think? Hmm. I think she used some Ravenclaw. <gasps> I think she did, too. <laughs> People are like, what the fuck what are the y'all fuck talking about? Ravenclaw? To help her with concentration. Yeah, you're talking about the, um, the oomph spray. I'm talking about oomph. Guys, this is our, our sponsor. Yes, we're going to break in with a commercial real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's a good one, man. Sponsors, they are Oomph, also known as Unofficial Natural Fandom Fragrances. You can find them on Etsy. And they do have uh, a Ravenclaw scent. They do. I am in possession of it. Yes. and Because it's, call, call, motherfuckers. I know, right? Um, they have all of the 
uh, Hogwarts, man. All of the Hogwarts Hogwarts houses. houses. They have um, what the big three Tumblr fandoms, which are Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock. Yep, they have all three of those. They just introduced uh, Star Wars, Mm -hmm. Disney Princesses, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas line. They've got a couple DC ones. They do. They've got... uh, And we've asked for Marvel. We have asked for Marvel, but uh, if you guys want some Marvel ones, you need to write into them, because the more people ask for it, the more likely they are to to launch the line. Um, Because what they are is they are... um, They're not perfumes. No. They're um, fragrance sprays, but they are um, based with uh, essential oils. Yes. All natural essential oils. Yes. They're very picky about their ingredients. Very. Um... They're just, and, and each blend is meant to um, to give you some kind of a benefit. Like we said, the Ravenclaw is, improves concentration. And I'm um, trying to There's a uh, Hermione's Yule Ball, which <gasps> is one of their, um, which is one of their seasonal. It's a limited uh, edition. Limited edition items, and it's to um, promote happiness. Um, so they're very, you know, they're very careful about what they put together, and um, not only do they give you a nice little benefit, but they they smell really good. They we, really, we both really have do. a bunch of them. I I like uh, Moriarty, mm-hmm. and even though Castiel is my favorite supernatural character, I like Sam mm-hmm. a lot. Sam I, smells like Sam. Right. Um, but yeah, like uh, Sam helps promote happiness. Mm-hmm. Castiel helps uh, helps you cold with symptoms. cold symptoms. Um, John, as in John and Sherlock, John's mm-hmm. good for fatigue. Moriarty mm-hmm. that I like to use is for, uh, helps with anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'll spray it on my pillow before I go to bed at night. Yeah. So they're, they're great. And they're not like super, super strong. They're, uh, they are, again, essential oils, uh, in a suspension. And everything in it's all natural. They start at like, uh, actually, here, I found one, it's $4. Oh, wow. The Ninth Doctor is, uh, because Doctor Who, yeah, the Ninth Doctor is four dollars. Yeah, uh, it just and the prices range on what's in them. Yeah, that's why they're. If you ever complain and go, well, God, why can't you be uniform? It's because they price them based based on what's in them, which I think is really nice. They don't just go, well, we're going to make them all eight dollars because the the top right. one is. They're not. You know, trying to make like a, they're trying to make them affordable, right? As they can, right? Um, they're, they're two ounces. They come in an amber spray bottle. Because the nice you, heavy glass. The good heavy, and they're it's high quality stuff because mm-hmm. uh, amber is what you have to keep essential oils in. So it's really well done. Their, their packaging is great. Um, go and check them out. They also do. They have little samplers. So if mm-hmm. you're not ready to commit to a full size, you can get a small little sampler for seventy cents. Yeah. And it's it's in and again it's a little amber container, a little amber, yeah. I say bottle, but how big? Yeah. That's not much it's of a little bottle. jar. It's kind a little of thing. tiny bottle, um, so that you know everything's good to go and it doesn't spoil. So check them out, guys. You can use our code Random Tea Podcast. There's no S on the end on the code. Yeah, right. You can get ten percent off of five dollars or more mm-hmm. from their site. So go and check them out, guys. There's a link on our front page. There's a link in our show notes. And that code is listed in both places, too. So. Yeah. So go check them out. Some. We love them. Yeah. So Peggy used some because clearly she concentrated enough to diffuse this Absolutely this she did because, my gosh. My, my, oh, I just love her so much. She gives herself a, a good drink in celebration. She That's why she brought it. She didn't need that for the, no. she knew she was going to need that drink. Yeah. So. And so this is when she hears somebody out in the apartment. She thinks it's Colleen, but Colleen is dead. Mm. Um, Colleen's been shot through the head. And so she sees the guy in the green suit 
she sees it in the mirror behind her. Yep. And he's about to shoot her. And so she attacks him. And um, this is where we get more of any and everything that can be used as a weapon will be used as a weapon. Um, and so she uh, she attacks him. They struggle. But she does notice a scar on his throat as they struggle. It Yeah, it's like a three-prong. Like a, almost like a Y kind of a deal. Uh, yeah, like an a, a, a autopsy. Yeah. <gasps> I thought of the word. Yay! Because I was going with anatomy. No, autopsy yeah. uh, scar. Yeah. And so she gets him, she throws him out the window. And, As you do. Um, but he does escape. He, yeah, she looks at, it's, she's like on, what, second, third story? Third yeah. story. Yeah. And she looks down and he's like gone. Yeah. That's such a trope, but. And um, at that point, she does allow herself to cry for Colleen. So we see she's not as stoic as you think. No. You would think. She just knows how to lock it down until the right time. Right. (laughs) I'm so sad for her. My poor baby. And I liked Colleen. I did too. So uh, the next. Colleen was blonde too. I know. So the next day, um, Peggy goes to the automat and she meets, I say secretly, but let's face it, we all knew oh, they honey. were talking. If um, anybody in that room did not know they were talking to each other, <laughs> they were they're they're back to back in different booths. <laughs> it's because great. that works. They're not even like in the back of the place. No, no, they're right up front. Oh yeah, and so um, they talk about Colleen, and it turns out that Peggy can't get tra- can't be traced back to that apartment. It was in Colleen's name. She was she was sub you know she was just running it out from directly from Colleen. Um, it's only been a little while, and but obviously Peggy blames herself for what happened. Well, after she she goes through this whole thing about how people who get close to her get killed. Yeah, she she loses them, and then she corrects herself. She's I don't lose them. They get they killed. get killed, and yeah. so she's you see her beginning to close herself off. Mm-hmm. You know, after well after Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost Steve. They lost Bucky. You know, now she's lost Colleen. And yeah, there's more history there. There's more backstory. Oh, yeah. And Jarvis tries. And her uh, her parents are dead, too. We yeah. know her parents are dead. And Jarvis tries to, you know, he, he tells her that she's a credit to her profession. Um, but, you know, and Jarvis reminds her, listen, we still have a job to do. So um, she says that they're going to. Suck gonna, it up, honey. Basically. And so she's like, we have to trace this bomb. And Jarvis says he knows just the man to do it. Yes, he does. They go to Dr. Anton Vanko. And do we know who Dr. Anton Vanko is? It's the other Vanko's dad that was in Iron Man 2 that was the one of the worst villains they ever had. He is the father of... Um, Ivan? Whiplash. Yeah, Ivan Vanko. Ivan Vanko. Who is, the, who is Whiplash from Iron Man 2. Such a bad choice. So bad. But... I still love that they're they're pulling yes. from other places. I love that. I was like, hey, I know who that is. Prequels can be so much fun. Yeah, because we found out in Iron Man 2 that, that um, Anton Vanko did work with Stark. Yes. So And this, that's how Jarvis knows him. Right. He's working at Stark Industries. So Vanko looks at he's, the... He, he's, he's like the silent, silent partner. Yeah. <laughs> so Vanko silent, looks... S- silent science partner. There we go. Looks Sorry. at the, um, the bomb that Peggy diffused. And... Um, he said that there's only one place that could have that could have been capable of manufacturing it, um, the outside casing of it, and that's Roxxon, which Roxxon is also from. Um, I know it was mentioned in Iron Man three. Um, the oil platform at the very end was a Roxxon mm-hmm. platform. They kidnapped one of the Roxxon yes. executives, um, and so I thought that was nice too. And so 
He also says that the... So um, many Iron Man references. Oh my God, so many. And so he tells uh, Peggy that um, that the casing is emitting low levels of Vita Ray uh, yep. radiation. Uh-huh. And she's like, I know all about those. <laughs> those were used... She's like, yeah. Because he starts to explain it to those her. Those were she, used to cook my boyfriend up, so... She's like, I know all about that. <laughs> they give you abs and height. <laughs> so much abs. And pegs. Pecs. Because she touches them for all of us. Touch them. Touch them for all of us. And so. <laughs> that was not scripted. We all, we know yeah. that scene was not scripted. Yeah. She just, she just could not out. help herself. She couldn't help it. Nobody blames you. Nobody. No. Um, which is funny because that was his left boob. And he's a left boob grabber. Well, you Chris know. Evans yeah. is a left boob grabber. <laughs> you know. And, and this is going to date the time that we we're recording this episode. The Civil War trailer just came out last it did. week. Oh my gosh. And you, there's that scene he reaches over. And grabs Bucky's shoulder. And I was like, but wait, oh my God. But he's eyeballing. The boob. He's eyeballing the left boob. Yeah. Oh, that's, and that's not Steve Rogers. That's, that's Chris all Evans. Chris Evans. He cannot help himself. He's adorable. Um, so immediately Peggy's like, she goes to the SSR and she pulls out um, the file for Project, Project Rebirth. And she sees that, um, she sees the picture of Skinny Steve. And I'm just like, oh, my poor heart. Because we all know Peggy was going to have her way with that boy long before he became. I know. Long before the Vital America. Yeah, she, and she would have. Soon as he dove, as soon as he dove on that grenade, she was like, mm-hmm. That's mine. That's mine. He mine. What was it? Uh, on Twitter, uh, somebody asked Haley Atwell that about that Steve carried the picture of her. What in picture a, did she carry? Watch. What picture would she would Peggy have carried? And it was the skinny Steve picture. Yeah, it was the skinny Steve picture. <laughs> I know so many feels. And so uh, Sousa comes in, and we find out that he is uh, missing part of his leg. So that's why he's got um, crutches because right. he makes reference to it. He he tries to he realizes he's interrupting a moment, and he yeah. tries to back back out. And, and hits she's like, his, "It's fine." Yeah, yeah, poor thing. Um, but we do find out that um, that he uh, does he say something about being in Europe? He was in the war. He was. We know he was in the war. I don't know if we know what theater he was he in. He said yet. I can't he remember. mentioned he did mention where he was. What like yeah. the when he was injured where he yeah. was at um and he talks about how they asked him where they where he would want his effects sent mm-hmm. should the worst happen and he was like you know he didn't want to send socks and whatnot home to his father because he said that's not not who he was and not yeah. who he wanted his dad to remember him as and then he said something yeah and by the time i got back it turned out that they had uh, already gotten rid of my um my stuff my foot locker and i still can't find my foot anywhere and i was just yes. oh god still can't find my leg anywhere yeah oh, it was hilarious i was yeah oh my gosh He's, i like susa a lot he was obviously trying to alleviate the tension uh, the moment yeah um and so um peggy uh once he once he leaves peggy does take the uh this vita ray detector from from this from the file um, so apparently there's this nice little nifty Vita Ray detector, and so she's going to use that on her hunt for the bomb casing. Um, so we go to uh, Blondie in his hotel room, and he is using this really cool thing. It's like a typewriter, but it's like a long-range typewriter. It's like a Morse code thing that doesn't do Morse yeah. code. 
because he takes out he has he plugs it in it's like 40s texting and then he (laughs) (laughs) and he he has pulls this little antenna up Mm -hmm. and he he, uh, like screws down a razor Mm -hmm. and then he opens the top of the razor and it's like this little satellite looking thing and i'm like it's really cool and so super spy he types out it's very james bond spy so it's so like early james bond and so he (laughs) types out a message to um whoever's in control of him i guess and um the powers that be he says that you know peggy has seen his face and they give him the order to um to kill peggy carter well they tell him to complete the mission at all costs yes because he asks for orders can i can i or yeah take her out yeah um and they're like whatever it takes yeah it was so much more military get the mission done whatever boss sounding than we're making so you're it you're like but, all right this is an organization this isn't such just one dramatic, guy it's so dramatic i know and the way the set is so it's dark except like they have the one spotlight on him and that's yeah. hard to pull off yeah but they did it really well i love because it felt very 40s to me without being campy yeah so i yeah it's real border campy though yeah but i think i think i love the production team behind this yes I think they did a great, a great job. Yes. Um, and so this is where we see um, Peggy and Jarvis. They're going to investigate the Roxxon factory. Um, it's a, I think it's a refinery. And, um, it has to be. So they see that it's there are armed guards there. And so they're like, hmm. Um, so Jarvis is going to stay with the car. <laughs> and uh, so then Peggy So gets- again, we're still seeing a major part of this role reversal between Jarvis and Peggy. It's wonderful. Which, by the way, I really want to point out, I fully believe that Peggy Carter is my grandmother. Okay. Okay. Uh, my Nana's name is Margaret. Mm-hmm. And we called her Peggy. Mm-hmm. Or and she was I called England. her Nana, but... She's from England. She's British. Yeah. Born and raised. Britain. So... Came over after the war. Yep. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely convinced... I think that's entirely possible. ...that my Nana was Peggy Carter. That's awesome. Just going to point that out. Is it kind of weird that you're, like... You like your Nana's ex-boyfriend's boyfriend, Bucky? Oh, yeah. Is that a little weird? No. That's no. Okay. No, it's it's that whole, you know, immortal being frozen in ice Okay, thing. so it's fine. It, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. Cool. Because <laughs> she married Granddaddy. Yeah, there you go. So, um, so we go, uh, you know, she gets over this fence and she's using the Vita Ray detector to kind of figure out where she needs to go. And yes. she finds... Uh, Leet Brannis in a lab with Leet. Who names their kid Leet? Well, weird people. And um, she hides and she hears um, uh, him talking to the scientist who's actually making the bombs for him because Leet, Leet's not doing this. He's enlisted the help of somebody else. And um, <laughs> this is where, uh, man, modern technology. I know you, God, what she could do with shield. Like I know. Modern I know. shield technology. Um, because. Well, a- According to uh, the Marvel Cinematics Universe database, mm-hmm. she's still alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's still... Peggy Carter is 94 years old Yeah, but if she was alive. current agent with this yeah. technology... Because uh, techno- she w- they have a little bit of a technology fail because uh, Jarvis sees a truck pulling up and so he's going he's gonna to be the good, the good spy that he is oh, and tell her, <laughs> except for... Her Which, radio is a radio and not an earpiece. So the whole, you know, the good spy is kind of relative. Yeah. yeah. And so the um, 
the guys hear the squawk and um he the scientist goes to investigate he's got a gun and um peggy ends up blinding him with a flash that she was conveniently carrying around with her that she was because she's peggy let's face it and does she is she carrying a tool belt or something because she's she constantly pulling stuff belt. yes and so uh at this point leap Brannis runs and so she um he's got one of the he's got the bomb and so um she chases him and he goes to this milk truck and it turns out there's more than just one bomb. There's a shit ton of them. <laughs> is that how many a shit ton is? That is that is exactly a know. shit ton. That's a metric a milk, shit ton. A milk truck yes, carries a metric, a metric shit, ton. shit ton. Yes. All right. Good to know. And um, so so Peggy catches up to we'll him. We'll have to use that for future. There you go. That's good. You, that's, that's your unit of measure. Okay. And so Peggy catches him and she can't shoot him because, you know. Um, she needs inf- intel. And we see he shows her that he has a scar on his throat just like uh, Blondie does. Da, da, da. <gasps> and so he takes out, um, you know, one of those uh, like vibrator things where it lets him speak. <laughs> Not that kind of vibrator potty head. Uh, one of those that makes him talk. You yeah, know, I don't know what they're called. It's a it's some kind of electronic device that he yeah. shoves up against his throat. Now, no, you know, to he's using the, it wrong. Yeah. But and so it turns out he tells her um, in his roundabout way that he's he's just an independent businessman and he just wants to sell these weapons. And so she wonders... He, was it, he doesn't murder people, he just sells weapons to people who do. Yeah. Okay. It almost sounded kind of starky and... A little bit. Because that's kind of how Tony looked at it at well, the beginning of Iron Man. Yeah. Like, listen, I sell, the, I sell the people what they do with it, whatever. Yeah, but who designed those things? Yeah. And so Peggy wonders who uh, our green-suited friend is. And Brannis tells her that he doesn't have a name anymore. So he knows him. Doesn't have a name anymore. Yep. So he used to have a name. And then he tells her... Is he, he's the unknown soldier. He is. Oh, darn. Then he tells her that Leviathan is coming. And I don't know what this has to do with Supernatural, but you know, whatever. Whatever. And so um, this is when Brannis decides to make his exit. And he throws the bomb down that he's uh, that he's been holding. Right. And he tells her he's like, 30 seconds. And he goes into the milk truck and drives off. And so Peggy runs a lot. The other direction. And she calls Jarvis and she's like, please bring the car around. <laughs> and it's, Why would you it's like very it? cute. And so. Um, it's adorable. He uh, he drives through the gate. And uh, she's on top of the car. Yeah. Well, th- this is before she gets. Oh, the OK. Car. Sorry. Uh, he drives through the gate. And um, he's driving through the factory, and this is when Peggy gets on the car, literally. And um, she's like, drive, I don't care, let's just go. And so they get out, um, and we see the bomb detonate. And it is gigantic, because it's got this big blast radius. And And that's just one of these things. That's just one of them. And so they're driving away as fast as they can, and um, they, they get out just by the skin of their teeth, um, but the fender's pulled off it's of very, the car. Yes, it's very reminiscent of uh, The World's End. Yeah. it's You see that all the time. Yeah. There's a big explosion and people oh. get in the car and they step on the gas uh, and they're right yeah. on the edge of it. And, uh, yeah. uh, are they going to get away? Are they going to get away? Yes, they got away. And the it turns out it's an implosion and it ends up sucking the fender off of the car. Yeah, well, it explodes and then and it then implodes. implodes. Yes. It's very much like a star. And that's probably where the science comes from. Probably. Um, which I 
science. I, I know. I'm a math person. Yeah, I'm not I know either. nothing about science. We'd have to ask uh, Val about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it explodes like, like a star. Yeah. Like a, a supernova star would explode and then it becomes a black hole. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I guess, I wonder if that's the, the, the thought behind. Could very well be. So then we see the um, the factory just basically um, all that's left is a heap of metal. A very small heap of metal for the fact that it was an entire factory. I don't even... Is it a bag of holding inside there? To, yeah. there there's a, bla- there's <laughs> black a hole. bag of holding. bag of holding. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> well, my, back when my brother used to play D&D at the house all the time, we were kids... Their, one of their favorite things was the bag of holding. And mm-hmm. they, they, I think they finally ended up, they created a black hole that you could just stick in your pocket because they got so tired of the having to keep up with how much weight yeah. their loot was. Yeah. And they were just like, fuck it. You have a black hole bag yeah. in your pocket. You have a black you hole in your pocket. You, you just rip it. it out whenever. Yeah. I like that. The bag of holding. <laughs> I want one. I know. So, uh, so later we go to the SSR and Thompson goes to Dooley's office and, um, apparently the, uh, bouncer saw a blonde lady go upstairs right before Spider got died, got died. Got died. (laughs) It's passing now. It it is. It's (laughs) catching shit. (laughs) It's passing. I'm so sorry that I have infected you with with my word dyslexia. We're almost done with the episodes. Thank goodness. Um, so Suze is there and um, he hears it all and it turns out that there was a club photographer there <gasps> and Thompson thinks that he got a picture was, of uh, the prom. Uh, uh, it was a photographer for the social section of the yes. newspaper. Yes. and um, Something stupid. So they think they got a picture of the blonde. And um, this is when uh, they, uh, they get the call that there was an explosion at the Roxxon refinery. And they're going to go investigate. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And so um, the next day, Peggy and Jarvis meet at the automat. And so conspicuous. So cons- conspicuously. Thank you. And so um, Peggy tells him that, you know, he did good. Good you, boy. You did good. You're a good boy. You did good, Jarvis. Who's a good boy? Jarvis, Jarvis is, is a, a good boy. boy. And uh, she gives him a gold star. And... Uh, <laughs> So Jarvis goes to check. Um, he's going to check for anything in in Howard's files on Leviathan. See if we can figure out what the hell that is, because this is you know before they can just internet it. And so um, this I is no how cumbrous, cumbrous how in cumbersome cumbers that word yeah. Does Cumbers, that have though, to be? Because I, like I, I was watching, I was going, oh my god, he's got to go through that file you by got, file. like manual files. Oh my I know. god, yeah. Well, and, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Jarvis has got it. Like Dewey Decimal System cross index. Yeah. Absolutely. Knowing Jarvis, he does. And so um this is when that <laughs> my cat says he's a good boy. <laughs> he is a good boy. He's currently like, Hey, you're gonna pay attention to me now. He doesn't know where to sit. Yeah. There you go. So uh this is when the rude ass customer comes in that bothered Angie earlier. And um Peggy's Peggy's had herself enough. Um Peggy has had enough so peggy goes over and um she gets a fork and she jams it up his against own fork his own fork she jams it up against his what is it his brachial artery yes and she's like um it's right it's and for those of you who don't know it's right up under his rib cage yeah oh no it's it's well if it's brachial it's by the brachial tubes yeah so that's kind of in the middle yeah and so she's like um she smiles and 
And she you know, tells just, her to keep smiling. She's like, uh, so you're going to find a new place to eat because if I can just, I can just jam this in and you'll bleed out before anybody could help you. Was it, she said it would take like five seconds to sever it mm-hmm. and it would take him 90 seconds to bleed out if somebody, you know. And judging by your attitude, I don't know that anybody would help you right away. Notice. And so she's like, um, you're going to eat somewhere else and, um, and tip generously. And then she she walks out, and I'm like, yeah. And they, they Peggy show, doesn't like bullies, just like Steve didn't like well, bullies. Well, and she loves Angie, yep. so um, as we all know. Yeah. And just ask Haley. And then you, they turn, they show uh, Angie standing in the kitchen, and she looks over at the guy, and he's like smiling he's at her, throwing, and throwing money on the money table. On the table. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, what just happened? Uh, yeah. So, uh, so, so outside, um, our last scene is uh, Jarvis watching Peggy leave the automat. And he calls Stark because apparently they have car phones. I was trying to see if maybe there was a payphone next to the car. <laughs> I don't know how that works. But this is Howard Stark. That's true. So we have to Tony. This is Howard Stark. So we have to so... kind of give him some leeway. Um, but he calls Howard, and um, he says that Peggy was an excellent choice. And no, she doesn't have any suspicions about what's going on. What? What? And you're like. Shit, no. Don't betray my baby. Don't do and it. And you're another one of my babies, and I love you all, and stop it. Don't do it. Where's this is too soon. It's too soon. There's, so there's shenanigans afoot. Already. Already. So. So, yeah, that was our first episode, and I was just which loving is, it. Which, that's what made you want to watch the next episode. Yes. The, the chemistry. Yes. Between, oh my gosh, between uh, Haley and James mm-hmm. is so incredible. They could not have cast a better person to play Jarvis. And when I first heard that they were going to put Jarvis in, I thought, mm, yeah, I don't I know, because Paul was... Bettany, I love him. But I think this was a great way. But it's a totally different Jarvis. and it's a But it's still a precursor to the Jarvis we knew going into yes, it. The English accent, yes. I think, was a big... That really helps pull it together. It's he's he's pre Jarvis. Yeah, but this is the man that helped raise Tony. Yes. So who becomes the voice in Tony's head? Right. Which is obvious because that's what he names his AI, which is literally becomes the voice in his head. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love Paul Bettany. I know I do too. So I'm I'm I was really pleased with James Darcy in this. It was it was a little concerning. Like, how are they going to pull it? Yeah. In? How is this gonna is this gonna be okay? But right. it's but primo. They, yeah. I love everything about this pretty much. Well, and a lot of times it's hard to write a prequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in a universe like Marvel, which is so huge. And as they always tell you, everything is connected. So connected. there are repercussions for what they do in this show um, up, you know. So you know everything has to go all the way up to the tippy-tippy top mm-hmm. of Marvel, Stanley. Yeah. And make sure everything's going to be kosher down the road. Yeah. So it's inter- it's it'll be interesting to see what we will see. Yeah. Yeah. From all of this. From well, I mean even with Agents of Shield, it's cuz it's fun to watch Agents of Shield and see what happens in the MCU. Yeah, exactly. But this is so much further back. Yeah. Whereas Agents of Shield and the MCU are co- concurrent. Exactly. So this is kind of fun. I it and is. I and I love the retro and this is all pre-Shield even. Yes. So I'm very interested to see how, how we turn into Shield and how that happens. Right. It'll be fun. Yeah. I'm excited. I am too. Mm. 
I love it. And I want to know what everybody else thinks. So send us an email yes. at randomteapodcasts at gmail.com. Yep. Right on. Right on, dude. That's all I got. Yeah. So thank you for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs>